Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Because of a war in Iraq, thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. There are questions about Joe Biden. Just continues to lie. And they talk about inflation. They can't handle 40-year high inflation. The odds of a recession continue to grow. Republicans are going to crash the economy. What are you doing under my desk? Well, under the desk is kind of my thing. You can't stay here. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Was that a conversation between Monal Lewinsky and Bill Clinton? Being under the de- I'm just... <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Um, and those were the good old days. Uh, by the way, the Dow is down 505 points this afternoon. S&P down 96. NASDAQ down 366, almost four, well, three and a half percentage points. Um, so the Fed came out and raised interest rates three quarters of a point. And, you know, initially I looked at two o'clock and I said, oh, the market's up. Yeah, it was up uh, almost a percent there when the uh, when the Fed released their press release about the rates. And then when Chairman Powell spoke later live, uh, his, much more hawkish. Yeah, his comments were a lot more hawkish, and I mean, it immediately plummeted. Um, well, did, didn't sound at all like the Fed's press release. We'll see. Lots to talk about today, and uh, if there is a theme here today, uh, it is well, it's twofold. One is, um, you know, what's the definition of stupidity? Keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. That's what the Democrats are doing, and uh, the other the other theme is Democrats are lying their pants off. <laughs> I mean, as you said before we went on the air, this is their great hail mary. Yeah, thirty seconds left on the clock. They're down by. Uh, they got to score a touchdown, get an onside kick, and then after that, go for the two point conversion for the tie. And that's how bad it is. And uh, they are – you can tell by the number of lies how desperate they are. And if, yeah. if, it, if it makes you upset, think of it this way. They are desperate, and uh, this is this is their last-minute um, Hail Mary. And I think the question is going to be just how long would the mainstream media continue to tote their water for them. I mean, you've seen more and more in the last few weeks, particularly at the White House uh, uh, press uh, briefings, you know, challenging um, the Biden administration on various things that have been said. Uh, you, you know, the closer we get to the midterms, <laughs> yeah, the, the the numbers don't lie in the economy, crime, all the key issues. The numbers don't lie. The polls are not lying now. The polls are tightening. In some cases, um, like we talked about, there's races that the Republicans are never even the contest or, you know, within the margin of error at least. So at some point, if you're a so-called journalist with the mainstream media, you got the election day next week, you're going to look like a complete fool if you ignore all the facts. Well, you ask, when is the mainstream media going to, you know, basically say, hey, you know what, we were wrong. This guy's an idiot. Uh, The New York Times is in trouble with libs right now because yesterday they had a piece come out and they were highlighting all the gaffes by Joe Biden. And they are numerous. I've got an article. And by the way, um, there is a scathing uh, op-ed piece by the formerly uh, conservative George Will 
I don't know where George is these days, but he's probably in the rhino category. But uh, basically saying uh, there's no way the Democrats can run either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. We'll try to get to that uh, op-ed. But the I've other saying it for two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. The interesting thing is tonight, You remember back to Labor Day, Joe Biden gets up in front of Independence Hall and just – uh, you know, goes scorched earth on the Democrats. And anybody that was an election denier was, uh, you know, it, it, that that individual, anybody had anything to do with January 6th, those individuals were just anti-American. They were anti-patriotic. They needed to be, you know, thrown in the clink and uh, thrown under the clink. Uh, he's going to get up and make another speech tonight. Now, I, I, I don't know what he's going to say, but my hunch is as unhinged as this guy is, as erratic as this guy is, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, Independence Hall 2.0. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you might have this story later. I, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, we had talked about the Democrats came out today in unison talking about the Republicans are going to take away your Social Security. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet – tonight that will be something he'll talk about if three yeah. or four oh, people yeah. on different networks that are not related to each other other than they're a, a oh, dip, they get the talking points from the same place get the talking points from the same place it's setting that up for that tonight yeah it, it's a, like we talked you said it earlier it's a hail mary it's uh i mean it's down to the ninth hour and their only hope is to tell lies long enough that sooner or later people believe them. And that's that's the Democrat way. I mean, it always has. Been. It will really be interesting to see if any of the news networks or the any of the mainstream media carry this as a presidential address to the nation because it is pure and simple, nothing more than a campaign speech. It's a part of their Hail Mary strategy. And if, if even if NBC, I mean MSNBC – or CNN carry this. I mean, it is it is beyond the pale that they would give this time to the president less than a week away from the campaign. And they've come out and said this speech is about election deniers, which is rather interesting, too, because uh, the Wall Street Journal just had an article um, back in September, right after he gave the uh, Independence Hall speech talking about the number of election deniers in the Democrat Party. Uh, they listed it by Ed, Ed Markley, Fl- uh, Frank Pallone of New Jersey, Maxine Waters, Benny Thompson, uh, rather ironic, a uh, January 6th committee head, uh, Danny Davis of Illinois. All these are Democrats. Sheila Jackson Lee, John Lewis, who's passed away. but um, and, and Nancy Pelosi, when, when they all came out after the 2005 election, they didn't want to – um, they didn't want to give the thumbs up on um, the Ohio race, and I'm trying to remember was that the uh, that that was a, a Senate race. They didn't want to give the uh, okay the thumbs up on that. Um, and Nancy Pelosi came out and and she said at the time after all these election deniers came out after the 2005 race, she came out and warned Republicans not to say anything negative, do not talk about this as a conspiracy theory, she said, arguing it is all about the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
She she doesn't give one rat's um, yeah, you know what about the Constitution. About I Constitution. will do anything. Yeah, anything. And, and well, well, if that's what the speech is about tonight, are we going to talk about Hillary Clinton, yeah. Stacey Abrams? Oh, yeah. And the, you know the list goes on and on oh, yeah. and on oh, about, yeah. about the race uh, in 2016 when Donald Trump yeah. uh, won. Well, Hillary Clinton's already said that the 2024 they're going to cheat, and it's, it's she's already <laughs> is election denier four years or uh, yeah two years early. I. I more and more, when I see things and and hear things every day out of Democrats, I cannot possibly understand how someone can believe what comes out of the Democrat Party. I, no, it, it, I mean everything they say is inaccurate, and it's uh, I don't know. They've got to be running out of uh, juice on all these lies. The speech tonight is set to address the threat of election deniers and those who seek to undermine faith in voting and democracy. Uh, this is out of uh, uh, the Washington Post. Biden will deliver remarks at 7 p.m. Washington, D.C., Union Station, preserving and protecting our democracy. This contradicts previous remarks from Biden, who refused to say whether the midterm elections would be fair and legitimate. While speaking in January, Biden was pushing for the passage of the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, which would nationalize federal election laws. Republicans blocked this effort, arguing it subverts the Constitution. Asked at a briefing whether the election could be fair if Congress didn't pass legislation about voting laws, Biden said, it all depends on whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of an election. Biden added that no matter how hard Republicans make it for minorities to vote, people will stand in line and defy the attempt to keep them from voting. I mean, talk about lies. Yeah, and go look at the early voting here in Pitt County and other places and go look at the early voting uh, across the board. I mean, they're up, up up for midterms, and uh, it's not difficult. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, because we want voter integrity, they have uh, they, they continue to twist that into the fact that, oh, well, Republicans want to make sure that uh, – Yeah, speaking of voter integrity, I, I don't – can't remember. Did we talk about it yesterday, the Pennsylvania decision? Uh, Pennsylvania decision, and then today there was another decision up in uh, Wisconsin. I'm trying to find that article real quick. Um, where there was a um, a city where, – where is it? I just had it here a second ago. Yeah, here it is. Uh, fresh off the winds, uh, the heels of the Republican win before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to prevent the counting of in-mail or absentee ballots that were not completed in accordance with Pennsylvania election law. Republican National Committee filed a lawsuit against Green Bay, Wisconsin, seeking to secure access for poll watchers, naming Green Bay City Clerk uh, Chelstein Jeffries. The RNC's latest election-related lawsuit highlights Wisconsin law that grants members of the public with the right to observe ele- uh, observe elections, including absentee voting processes, and a requirement that observation area- areas so be sh- so positioned to permit any election observer to readily observe all aspects of the voting process. This woman, this Green Bay clerk, just said, no, we're not going to let you watch it. Same thing that happened back in 2020. That No, we're going to block you and you're not allowed to see it. And they... Now, why isn't this person being dealt with properly? I mean, this person is breaking the law. Mm. She is knowingly breaking the law, violating the law, and will anything happen to her? No, and as a result, will she try the same thing next week? 
even though a judge has come out and said, you're going to let these people observe. You're going to follow the law, just as they did in, in <clears throat> Pennsylvania. Well, it's kind of like the uh, county election supervisor. Where, what county it was in Florida, you know, that for for multiple election cycles, you know, did similar similar things and was one of the causes in the, uh, what, 2000 election with Bush Gore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the she, hanging chads. Yeah, she finally, she finally was, uh, I mean, I think she was finally removed maybe by some kind of constitutional type deal down in Florida. But, you know, and this happens, this doesn't happen in California. It doesn't happen in New York. Um, it doesn't really happen in Texas or Florida, typically. Now, I mean, now Florida is pretty much red. It happens in swing states. Yeah. You think of the state of Wisconsin, it don't take but a little bit here, a little bit there. Same thing with Ohio, same thing with Nevada, Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania. Go right on down the list. And keep your eyes up in North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. So, hey, here you go. That's that's how you have a election, a presidential election that's not called for a couple of days because, you know, hey, let's get all the sc- – Let's get all the scores in before we uh, but talk it, about it. The, it it the makes you wonder with with Biden coming out and delivering this speech tonight about election deniers, and uh, again, that that this is their theme. They, they've been hitting this over and over and over again. One wonders if there is a massive plan to cheat next Tuesday, and this is a shot over the bow that you better not speak up against any kind of cheating that you might see going. I mean, you've got to come to that conclusion. What is going on here that all of a sudden they're just hammering, hammering, hammering? And listen, uh, uh, I've got audio we can play later in the program of Hillary Clinton saying the same thing. Are, are, they, are they preparing to see a massive pushback? Uh, based on what happens next Tuesday, are the American people going to be so riled up and they they know it's coming and they're trying to have a preemptive strike to shut everybody up? And the thing about it is, what else do they have to run on? I mean, they have nothing else to run on other than a poor record, so they've got to do this little misdirection. Hey, we've got to take a time out. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Kathy Barnett. She is a national spokeswoman for the 1776 Action Committee. And uh, they've got a special event coming up in Goldsboro, North Carolina, tomorrow night. You want to hear about this. You want to be there in Goldsboro as well. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. Voting is a great right we have in our country. If you don't fix the machines, if you don't stop the right-hand ballots, we're going to lose again. You were heard at the ballot box. I shouldn't have to just swallow what you're giving me just because of a party. Now, come join the conversation. Get off your bazaki and get it done. Across the board, people need to wake up. We the people will always find a way. This is Eastern Carolina's Place to Talk on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in News and Views for a Wednesday. Shelby Steele, Jason Whitlock, Jason Riley, Ben Carson, Thomas Sowell, Clarence Thomas, Candace Owens, Walter Williams, Tim Scott, Mia Love, Alan West, Carol Swain, Condoleezza Rice, J.C. Watts, Larry Elder, Armstrong Williams, Ken Blackwell. Let's add to that list of black conservatives, Kathy Barnett. She is a national spokeswoman for the 1776 Action, a 2022 Republican candidate for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. Uh, you might remember, if you saw her face, and if you are looking online or on uh, Cable 7, 
you can see a picture of Kathy. You will recognize her. She ran against uh, Mehmet Oz and uh, came in third in, the, in a very close race. I mean, she came in third, but the, the difference in the percentage numbers was uh, just a few percentage points. Uh, she's also a veteran. She's also the author of Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. And she joins us right now. Kathy, welcome in. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, boy, I, that list of names I just read increases, it seems like, every day. There's more names that you <laughs> add to the, the black conservative list. I've been doing this program now for 12 years, uh, Kathy, and I have said from day one that the conservative movement will really come into its own as as black Americans realize that the solution for the problems that have festered uh, with the black community specifically, but with all of America, um, you know, when they realize and they join the ranks of the conservative movement, the conservative party will have really come into its own. Yeah, you know, and um, I just wrote an article uh, last week with Newsweek. You can go out there and your audience can take a look at it. And I talk about some of the things the Republican Party should perhaps consider doing to bring more people um, uh, within the minority community, be it black, Hispanic, Hindu, Asian, into the uh, Republican Party because it is right for the pickings right now. Oh, yeah. Although I was in, although I was in a Republican primary, I spent a tremendous amount of time in the black community. One, because I wanted to show Republicans what it looks like to have someone who's comfortable in their skin and can walk into these other communities and tell our story. And then two, I wanted black people to know what it looked like to have a politician woo their vote and not take it as a far gone conclusion that they're going to come out and vote for them. And so, um, and, it, and I, I was constantly changing people's registration from Democrat to Republican the entire time I would go in because they want better. We are uh, Republican. Well, my partner, Benny, is actually independent. I'm Republican because I feel like, all right, that's the closest organization that is is out there that they're the closest to what I embrace, but I don't bleed Republican. If you cut me, I believe I believe conservative. I believe Christian, but uh, I yeah. do not believe Republican. <laughs> Why did you decide to go the Republican route? I mean, because I I would never vote for a Democrat again in my life. You know, like most black people, ninety two percent of black people, I was born into the Democrat Party, just like I was born into brown skin, and it wasn't until I was a junior in college. I had given my life to the Lord a couple of years before, and now I'm a junior in college studying economics and finance and just watching how the world actually works. And, you know, and that's one of my messages when I go into the black community is that we have, we are Democrats' most loyal constituents. No one is more loyal to the Democrat Party than black people. Again, we vote anywhere between 92 to 95 percent Democrat every single year. And like I asked black people, what exactly have we gotten for that loyalty? Nothing. We know what they get. <laughs> they can't get the. Well, I mean, well, we have gotten something, right? Broke, broken, and bruised. And that's the yeah. uh, premise yeah. of my book is looking at the black community as a petri dish and speaking to the broader American culture that if we don't get our head out of the sand, Democrats are going to do to the rest of America what they've done to the black community, left us broke, broken, and bruised. It is ridiculous the way we're living. 
And black people respond to that. But you're right. The Republican Party, we have some fixing to do in this party, right? Unfortunately, we're a two-party system. We're stuck with it. And I'm never voting Democrat again. So what do you do? And I believe I do not have to advocate my values in order to side with a party that is increasingly looking like a uniparty. Um, increasing Democrats couldn't do half the stuff they're doing if Republicans weren't complicit. And that's the reality in which we're living in. We're taking, uh, talking to Kathy Barnett with uh, 1776action.org. Uh, do you have a question for her? Yeah, yeah, Ms. Barnett, this is Benny. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, I, I, think, um, I think any objective person would look over the last 40 or 50 years and say, you know, the Democrats have done a better job of reaching out to, to black Americans, although you know, their motives were were in, in, were obvious and intentional. And maybe the Republicans just gave up on that segment of the population because they didn't think they could convince them. What is just, in your opinion, three or four key points that Republicans could reach out to black Americans on to say, hey, your, your, your values are more aligned with the Republican Party? Well, you can look at my race, right? Because um, we were about to win. If I put into perspective my primary opponents, they spent $60 million in this primary race. I spent less than $2 million. Um, and we were about to win. And then the lies started coming, right? And the smearing started coming. And it didn't come from the left. It didn't come from CNN. It came from Sean Hannity. Fox News and others who purport to be conservative, right? And so one of the things we have to do is make room for people who don't look like the typical country club Republican, make room and and learn to be open to people who may not look like the typical Republican, may not sound like a typical Republican, may not come from the exact same background of the average Republican, but that that is very reflective of our party. Our party is growing by leaps and bounds. And I would come back to the GOP party and tell them that about half the room, about half the people in the rooms I was going into, they weren't what we would consider the typical Republicans. And yet, number two, we have the best story to tell in the Republican Party, our values, our conservative values. The problem is we keep picking people who suck at telling it. We keep picking plastic individuals who have no story and no depth. They yep. just happen to be the richest Bingo. person in the room. Bingo. And so we gotta we gotta move beyond picking the richest person in the room just because they're the richest person in the room and begin to get people who can relate and identify with other people. Yeah, and to your point on that point, uh I I, I think it would be hard to argue that some of the the rising superstars of the Republican Party are are women and 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 Black Americans. I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, they they are really holding to conservative values and uh, better really than whitey is <laughs> talking about things that really the Republican Party should stand for. I mean, so I agree with you 100. percent By the way, you're going to be with one such uh, tomorrow night in Goldsboro, North Carolina, at this uh, rally. Our Lieutenant Governor, have you met uh, yes. Mark Robinson? Rockstar. I have not. I have not. I'm looking so forward to being with uh, your Senate candidate, Ted Budd, as well as Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. I'm so grateful. Um, you know, uh, about 10 years ago, my husband and I started homeschooling our kids. We homeschooled them for the past six years. And it was as a direct result that I saw 10 years ago what most people are waking up to today. 
on what's going on in our schools. And I was like, no, you would not put your hands on my children. And so we started that journey. And uh, this is a battle we cannot lose, right? There's a lot of things we are actually losing on in this country. This must not be one of them. Parental rights matter. That is what we're coming there to talk about. And I'm so excited. Well, Terry McAuliffe uh, pretty much made it exhibit a when he said well parents shouldn't have anything to say about what goes on in our public school systems and what is being taught in our public school system and uh the voters of and primarily the voters of northern virginia which is what carries the state of virginia threw him out on his ear uh now that's not to say they won't come back and try that again and they'll just reframe what uh, McAuliffe had said with a more palatable language but uh I, I don't expect them to give up and go away just because Terry McAuliffe lost but uh, tell us about what this rally will be and why our listeners need to attend Yeah you absolutely should listen uh the battle does not end on November on November 8th, uh, it continues and says, um, uh, on November 9th and on next year, 2024, I'm sorry, 2023 are going to be a lot of school board races. Um, and we need to make sure that the people we are electing, that they understand our values, value number one. These are my children. I get to determine what they will and will not do. I get to determine if they will get a dab or wear a mask or transition from a female to uh, what they pretend to be a boy. I get to make those decisions, right? And instead, we have a lot of people, uh, it wasn't just Terry McAuliffe, but we have a lot of people throughout our, um, who sit in elected positions who believe they are God and that they get to decide what our children will and will not read and learn. And so this is, this is for your children. You need to be engaged because this is your country. These are your children. You can no longer sit on the sideline and wait for someone else to do what is your job to do. And I think that's something that you find a lot in the Republican Party is that we're constantly looking for someone else to be our martyr. We're constantly looking for someone else to ride in and save us. That's not going to happen. We should have learned that lesson by now. It's going to be us. And so that is what we're doing. We're coming here to encourage and to get off the boat for two amazing men. Well, are you also going to be handing out some tools? I mean, I think a lot of the parents will say, okay, well, how do I do this? I mean, now there are parents that have just rolled up their shirt sleeves and said, you know what, I don't care what the administration says. I don't care what the school board says. I'm going to roll up my shirt sleeves. I'm going to be at that meeting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let them yeah. know how I feel. And you see that happening across the country. But I think for the most part, those individuals are the exception rather than the rule. Although, don't yeah. mess with a mama bear because uh, she'll come after you. Yeah. But are, are you going to have yeah. some tools, some how-to ideas? I'm so glad you asked that question because, again, another thing I typically find in the Republican Party, we love to be entertained. We love to go to things like this, get our feel-good on, feel good about it, scream a little bit, and then go back home and sit down um, yeah. and yeah. carry on yeah. with the night. We have to get engaged. And, um, you know, and I am one of the most unlikely people to have ever ran for office. I grew up in southern Alabama. I grew up below the bottom rung of the economic ladder. I grew up in a home with no insulation, no running water, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side. Um, and yet no one ever told me I was a victim. No one ever told me that this was my station in life. And so you might as well deal with it. So I became the first in my family to go to college spent 10 years in the military, accepted into Office of Candidate School, 
uh, financial industry, uh, adjunct professor of, of, of um, corporate finance, and a whole host of other things. And now I just ran in a very competitive race and almost won until my own party took me down um, here. And what was it? I, I am like every other person. Prior to running for office, I was homeschooling my kids. I looked around and said, I can do more. And that is what we're going to have to do. Jump in, get engaged, come out to this event, start networking, start talking to other people, figure it out. Unfortunately, there's not a roadmap from A to Z in every single case. But jump in. Don't wait for someone to write out the plans for you. Get engaged. These are your children, and these people are not playing with us. It takes place at the Maxwell Center, which is at 3114 Wayne Memorial Drive in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Is there a, well, I know you have 1776action.org. Is there a specific site if they need tickets? Do they need tickets to attend this? Yes, we would love for you to go. It's free, but you can, but we're asking everyone to um, RSVP because, again, these people are, are crazy out here. So we need to know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, and if you yeah. really want to come in and, and learn and be engaged, so please go to uh, 1776action.org and you can RSVP there. And I can't wait to see you guys. Sounds great. Kathy, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to uh, having you in uh, the state of North Carolina along with our lieutenant governor and our, uh, well, we think he's going to be uh, senator-elect uh, ted budd uh, come next uh, tuesday night we'll we'll see but thanks yes. for all you do uh also uh your book nothing to lose everything to gain being black and conservative in america where can our folks find that everywhere books are sold primarily you, you can go right to um, amazon pick it up <laughs> all right kathy barnett thank you ma'am do appreciate it look forward to having you in our state blessings uh-huh bless you uh, interesting stuff. Put that on your calendar. If you're especially down in the Goldsboro area listening in, uh, head on over to the Maxwell Center. You know, they said you have to have tickets. My hunch is they'd like you to you know, RSVP. I think if you show up, uh, Yeah, I'm be trying fine. to find it on their website right now. If uh, Once uh, I had to break, I'll find it and see if we can well, post I've got, it. Well, I actually have the website, but it's uh, it's one of those things, forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, hyphen, 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 mm-hmm. save our schools. But uh, if you Google it, uh, 1776action.org tickets Goldsboro, North Carolina I think you'll find it stay with us Benny and I'll be right back This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Tom, Benny, and Clark, and you. And Benny discovered how you can get tickets to that event tomorrow night in Goldsboro. Go to 1776action.org. And at the top of the page, you're going to see a tab that says News. Click on that, and you're going to scroll down, and you'll see a picture of Mark Robinson. Click on that, and it'll take you to the event, a description of the event, where it's at, and how to get tickets. There's a little thing there. You can click here for tickets, and uh, Benny's already signed up for his. Yeah, it's free, and uh, you just I, I probably just controlling, trying to get a yeah, get good an feel idea. of who's going to yeah. be there. And... Well, in this day and age, I understand what she's saying, too. I mean, listen, there are not a, a shortage of nut jobs out there. 
as we well know, and uh, they probably want to have a decent idea of uh, who's coming, a record of who's coming. And the closer you get to Washington, D.C., the more of them The more there. nutty you, you get. <laughs> uh, speaking of nuts, um, President Biden has been meeting with top advisors at the White House and uh, at the White House residence and uh, preparing for his uh, 2024 reelection campaign. I've not made a formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have to have time to make that decision, the president said two weeks ago on MSNBC. The conversation at the White House regarding the 2024 comes at the same time the president has turned up volume on his efforts to help Democrats hold on to their razor-thin House and Senate majorities in the midterm elections. Which, what what are they talking about? I mean, no Democrat wants him to come and help. The only Democrat that says, come down and campaign with me is Charlie Chris, who's going to get smashed by 20 percentage points probably. And he knows he's going to lose. That's the only reason he invited him down. Yeah, the only reason Charlie Chris is inviting him so he won't seem as bad as he is. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Make Charlie Chris look a little like, bit better. Come on, Democrats. If you can elect Joe Biden president, surely you can invite me, uh, elect me governor. I mean, I mean I guess the guy that's... is toxic. Nobody want, The Democrats don't even want to be around him, and he thinks he's going to run again. I don't think so. <laughs> Biden uh, earlier this week went down uh, to Florida on Tuesdays. And again, Charlie Chris invited him down. And uh, as Red State is reporting, this was perhaps his most dementia-ridden speech yet. Biden forgot what FEMA stands for. Uh, he falsely claimed his son died in Iraq. He called Hurricane Ian, Hurricane Ivan, he claimed the man who invented insulin, Frederick Banting, died. Um, that he he claimed he he claimed he spoke to the man <laughs> who invented insulin. Oh, anyway, yeah. yeah, that's Frederick Banting. Banting died before Biden was even born, but he spoke to him. Which I mean, consider <laughs> what Biden is going through. That might might be true. Uh, he admitted that prices are going up. He lied about reducing the deficit. He tried to talk in Southern, which was uh, not a real good shot at that. Uh, he delivered a falsehood about inflation versus other countries. Uh, while he was there, he referred to House member Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz, saying, I had uh, never had a better friend in the United States Senate. My good friend, <laughs> Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz, my, in the Senate, yeah. She's, she's a House member. Yes, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Biden played up how Republicans were allegedly opponents of Social Security. Well, we were talking about that earlier. Blatantly false claim. Uh, even the Washington Post have called, has called Democrats out with four Pinocchios on that. Um, he also called um, Paul Pelosi Bobby. This was all in one trip. Uh, yeah, you know the thing. Um so things are bad for Dems. One week prior to the election, they're lying their pants off just to try to grab a vote or two. Um, interestingly, CNN and NPR today have both dropped their final surveys showing that the GOP is up three points. So even those two have said, you know, enough's enough. We've got to, we, we don't want to admit it, but if we don't admit it now, we'll really look stupid next week. But um, just days after Biden has and, – and he actually came out. Now, they've doubled down on him running again. Fox News had an article on that, but he actually came out about two weeks ago and said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm running again. 
Um, George Will, the formerly conservative George Will, had a op-ed in the Washington Post, which the Washington Post published. Um, and he was not real kind to either uh, Cousin Eddie or to the Veep. Uh, Biden should not seek another term, he said. Democrats should promptly face this fact and this one. An Everest of evidence shows that Vice President Harris is starkly unqualified to be considered. Meeting recently with some progressive activists, Biden said his $426 billion student loan forgiveness was accompanied by a law that he had just signed. It got passed by a vote or two. No, it didn't. Biden was not merely again embellishing his achievements. What vote? Who voted? After repeating unilateral extensions of the moratorium on loan payments until election season, Biden unilaterally implemented the windfall for millions of voters. Again, for millions of voters, Congress was not involved in this cascade of money from the Treasury in violation of the Constitution's appropriation clause. It is frightening that Joe doesn't know or remember what he recently did regarding an immensely important policy he should leave the public stage on January the 20th, 2025. So should his vice president. Transcripts of her verbal meanderings cannot convey the eerie strangeness. Videos of them should be watched. Here are thoughts about broadband in Louisiana. Quote, the governor and I were doing all a tour of the library here. And I'm not misreading this, by the way. And talking about the significance of the passage of time, Right the significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs, and here's such significance to the passage of time when we think about the day and the life of our children. This is the person who thinks she should be president. What most excited her about the Inflation Reduction Act I have, quote, I have a particular fondness, I must tell you, for electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I really do. I've been in these electric school buses. 25 million of our children travel every day in diesel fuel buses, inhaling what is toxic air. When it came to the international, um, when she was speaking at an international conference, quote, we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convey to work together. She added one more time, we will work together. Harrison Poland, quote, I am here standing on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies. (laughs) Harris on space, quote, space, it affects all of us, and it connects all of us. I mean, she goes on and on and on. Um, finally, he says, I mean, he gives another four or five quotes. Finally, he says, enough. She sounds, as one critic has says, like someone giving a book report on a book she has not read. Her style betrays a self-satisfied exaggeration of her aptitude. Lacking natural talent, she needs to prepare, but evidently doesn't. Complacency and arrogance make a ruinous compound. It's a complicated relationship. (laughs) Your brain and your mouth. And what publication was that in? (laughs) That was George Will. George Will, okay. Washington Post. And the Washington Post, yeah. So if if next week goes as bad as a lot of people suspect it will, and and now that the mainstream media, I mean, just CNN today had an article about, I mean, the warning signs. I mean, I think they're setting up for a a big red wave. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a... I'm just cautious to think that. But anyway, if it's a big red wave, I think you will see a full court press against those two. Th- those two, 
And I mean, the mainstream media will get the memo from the Democrat Party because I, you know, I there is absolutely no way unless Donald Trump is the Republican candidate. There's absolutely no way they will run Joe Biden and Harris against them. Well, and you know what's interesting though is is um, and we got to take a break, but you know has Joe been set up as the fall guy? In other words, are they going to? I, I think you're right. They're going to come out and say Joe is inept. He can't. He, he can't handle it. He can't do the job. But it's not Joe that's making these decisions. It's their policy that's the, is the utter failure. So are they going to let Joe take the bullet? And they'll bring another idiot in, another liberal, another progressive in, and say, "Well, vote for this guy, you know, or this gal, because they can handle things." You know, bring in Michelle Obama and say, "Vote for her." Well, to to that point, all of a sudden, the last eight or ten days, you've seen Barack Obama appear, yeah. and they say yeah. it's to to salvage the, the the midterms. I don't think they're salvageable. I think they're setting it up. Although I don't know if you saw him last night on the news, but he had a total screw up when somebody in the audience was hollering at him, and just the whole thing fell apart. Hey, we got to take our last time out of the hour. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven. Welcome back in. Again, we want to remind you if you want to attend that event in Goldsboro tomorrow night. Um, it is a good event. And uh, as Kathy Barnett said, boy, we need people to get in there, roll up their shirt sleeves. Uh, don't go to sleep after November 8th. Get to work. But uh, go be a part of that. Go to 1776action.org. And you're going to see at the top of the page, there's a bunch of tabs. Click on the news tab. And then once you go to that page, scroll down, you'll see a picture of Mark Robinson. Click on his picture. Go to that story. And on that story, you will see a place to click to get your tickets at no cost. It's at the Maxwell Center in uh, on uh, Wayne Memorial Drive in Goldsboro, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And we will be here tomorrow night at 5 o'clock. Play a little political trivia. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.